Hi, welcome to the Connect2 podcast, episode four. My name is Jeff Cullen, and I'm here with my good friend, Mark Hughes. Hello, Jeff. Today, we're going to talk about photography as art versus the capturing of a moment in time. But first, let's start with our usual program, and uh, let's see if there's anything in the old mailbag. No. <laughs> it'll come. It'll come. Uh, I did receive a, a text message from one of our, our regular listeners um, and um, floating the idea of some guests. So I think that's something that we would probably entertain down the road. I think that could be, there's a lot of interesting folks that we could talk to. But for now, uh, don't hesitate. Keep them coming. You could email uh, any comments to the po- connect to podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will get them and read them on the air unless they're uh, unacceptable yeah and well, we've got good news now we're now on google podcast and apple podcast after some technical uh, and administrative issues it's all resolved we're there you can find us now on all of your all of your podcasting devices i believe or applications well, that is exciting, Mark. That has been your uh, your doing. You've been our our engineer from the beginning, so I want to thank you for that. That's great. Excellent. You're welcome. I'm. Uh, it's actually been an interesting learning experience. So, so what are uh, two things that we learned this past week? Do you want to start? Sure. First thing I discovered. So I followed up on. Um, I followed up on your comment about Abe Vigoda last week because I hadn't thought about Barney Miller, the TV series, for a long time. And uh, discovered, well, well, uh, unfortunately he has passed away, but he passed away quite recently within the last four years. He passed away the same year as Ron Glass. Who, right. Uh, Detective uh, Harris. Detective Harris, which would also be, who would also be known as Preacher from Firefly. Right. And... Um, and of the the main cast, there's only three remaining: uh, Hal Linden, uh, Barbara Barry, and uh, Charles Levitt. Um, the rest of them. Uh, oh, and Max Gale. So that's four. Max Gale. That's yeah. Wojohowitz. So apparently, I can't yeah. count. So you pronounce it like it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic show. And we were just talking about how Frank Bonner passed away last week from uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Herb Tarlick. So Herb Tarlick. So all the old faves are. Uh, slipping away for us i guess i mean i i for me wkrp in cincinnati was quite quite the show with uh with uh last nesman and his uh his doors like his painted doors right on his with the tape because he, yep. he felt he he should would deserved a door so he actually had a had tape on the ground around his cubicle <laughs> and you had to open the imaginary door to go in and go right. out and uh and the Buckeye, what was it? The Buckeye, the Buckeye News Newshawk Hawk Award. Award. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I and I especially remember the time when he was doing a live feed on the Thanksgiving show. Of course, the classic, and, uh, uh, the classic turkey episode. <laughs> the turkeys right. couldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you the most important question: were, oh, you, were you a Jennifer Marlowe or a Bailey Quarters guy? You know. Uh, I think I started off with Jennifer Marlowe and became a Bailey Quarter. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, for anybody who's uh, under the age of thirty listening to this podcast, look it up. <laughs> well, and uh, the other thing is, um, uh, so I had mentioned this chef that I follow on YouTube. Right. Yeah. His, yeah. His name is uh, so I got his name backwards. It's uh, Kenji Lopez Alt. 
not Hulk Lopez. Oh, and, okay. And he has almost a million uh, followers on YouTube. So, um, and it's 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 done super simple. He, it's usually something that he's making for his family. It's really quite amazing, and it's always done like it looks really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I made his uh, mushroom soup last week. It was really good. Oh, there you go. Well, I have uh, t- two things. Actually, one, it's funny you mentioned celebrities because that'll be my second. But the first one is I found out that candles will actually melt during a heat wave <laughs> if you leave them in the yard. So don't do that. Um, do you know this by personal experience? Yes. Yeah, we were cleaning out some of the summer stuff and we left some candles uh, on our uh, patio table and then had to pry them off the patio table the other thing and i don't even know how i came across this but did you know that uh steven seagal is actually a real cop no i did not know that (laughs) i found out for 20 years he's been and he actually has a show like a reality show and uh he's he's a real cop he's all fat and and kind of slow and but he's he's Still Steven Seagal. But didn't he have something just recently where he was in Russia and he was doing stuff with the Oh, Russian yeah, government? he's all over the place. But for 20 years, he's down in Louisiana. He's a he's a sheriff, and he goes on calls, and they do this reality show, and he arrests people. So I, I thought, well, I'm going to look into it. What other kind of crazy things are celebrities doing, right? So okay. here's a quick, very short list. Eric Estrada, from yeah. Yeah, also a real cop. Chips. Yeah. Became a real a real cop. Really? Yep. And then uh, uh, David Lee Roth from Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, EMT in New York City for a while, for about five years. Before or after? Uh, uh, mid-90s. mid So sort of in between. Oh, wow. So imagine a scenario where you get pulled over by Eric Estrada, beaten up by Steven Seagal, and then David Lee Roth takes you to the hospital. <laughs> and he says, you better get out of there, too. You may as well jump. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the last one, which is tangential, is that Vanilla Ice, turns out, has been a, a house flipper uh, and contractor for like 15 years. So that, that I, fascinating stuff. That I did know. Yeah. Um, so. I also saw an interview where he was comparing his his little uh, intro from his Ice Ice Baby. The, oh, right, the, right. The sample that comes from the... Um, from Under Pressure by David that's Bowie. Right. And, yeah, uh, by Queen. That's and right. Queen. Yeah. And uh, he said, no, it's not the same. And, and then he, he, he kind of uh, riffed it off. Oh, really? And, and was then it, he was did it the his. Same? It, it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's, of course. It's exactly the same. <laughs> but it was funny trying to justify it. You know, he said, you know, it's not the same. One goes bum, 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 ba dum, bum. And the other one goes bum, 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 ba dum, bum. I'm going, they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's not like we're talking Chinese and the intonations are super subtle. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Always interesting stuff. Okay, so uh, that brings us now to the main topic. And uh, I'm quite looking forward to hearing what you have to share with us about the art of photography versus going to Walmart and having them yell at you and take a family photo or... Or at Costco when you're getting your membership card done. So please enlighten us, Mark. Well, I think I think uh, photography is kind of an interesting um, genre of art because um, not everybody considers it art. So there's a lot of there, there's kind of like two branches associated with photography, and part of it is because it's reasonably accessible. Right. Um, people can have a camera and 
or right now it's just their phone yeah take images and um uh, they don't really th they think of it as more of recording a moment than necessarily an art form sure now when photography originally came out way back in the 1800s the late 1800s um, it was considered to be not able to be an art form because you were using a machine to do it so how could it be art oh interesting and so technology um, but uh, then as it evolved it became really apparent that what kind of machines or devices or processes you used had a dramatic effect on what the look looks right. like and even to this day certainly uh, there's so many options in terms of how you can print um, how you record the images whether you record them in black and white or color or infrared um, there's just a, a ton of different options but in general what I like to think about with art uh, photography as an art form is that there's if art is intentional so in general sure. you're doing something on purpose right um so years ago when i first was starting out with my photography i started from the back end i started with uh, the the mechanics like understanding the mechanics how to take photo how to capture light how right. to get a proper exposure and then i started having to deal with the creative side like how did i what how do you make it interesting yeah and I got to the point where I was taking pretty interesting, good quality photos sure. of a moment. Yep. Um, but uh, at one point in time, I needed to uh, do a display. I was doing a gallery show. Okay. I, or I was applying to do a gallery show. Right. Now, when, you, uh, when you're trying to do a gallery show, there's certain things you have to do that you don't really normally think about. Mm -hmm. um, one is you have to have a concept. Right. You have to have kind of like an artist statement describing what you're trying to accomplish with the, this particular collection you have to have a, a theme okay so that the images kind of go together like sure you can't have <laughs> like you can anybody can make pretty pictures you can't do a display of random stuff that happened to see on the street well exactly <laughs> well you could that could <laughs> be your theme as long as they were all random stuff you see on the street right but the catch is that if you do one of a cat and one of a tree and one of a sure one in black and white and the street photography and then somebody at a football game. Um, it, it, it's just, it's you just confuse people and people right. are going like, the other thing is you kind of have to have a bit of a style. You have to have a, a look for your particular images. Right. So there's gotta be, a if, you're, if you're an artist, if you're an artist yeah. and if you're trying to get them on display somewhere, right. you have to have this concept of a high concept yeah. um, that, that kind of binds them together. And oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, kind of fascinating that the early stage argument against it being art was it was a machine because I immediately think of like music, right? A musical instrument is a machine, and nobody else. But but and you know, I've been around for centuries, so it was just kind of. It sounds like the kind of thing that people justify, you know, the 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 resistors to early technology, right? It's like, well, oh, it's not art because it's a machine. But but, it, but I think it was because it was the images were made by a machine, whereas when you you're using a machine with uh, oh, like, with, a, with okay. like a guitar I can see or a that. piano or something right. like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think that there was. Um, I think what happened is there were a bunch of artists that kind of thought it was really interesting to try and experiment, and then right. that's where things started. Sure. Really like anything else, it became. Um, yeah, experimental, and people became innovative, and um, well, some of them became famous. And 
Well, exactly. And, and I yeah. think from, from my perspective, that, that photography kind of image making kind of divides into two categories. One is recording a moment. Right. Those are your snapshots. Yeah, selfies. They're really just and selfies and just, uh, they're just recording a moment to document a moment in time. Right. And Which so, you'll, you'll never likely look at again. And never, <laughs> and you, and you'll 10, never 10,000 pictures on your computer and you're like, wow. Well, you're never going to stick remember. it on a wall. Yeah. And, um, and I think the, the other is uh, an intentional image that you're trying to create. Uh, create an image that has got a lasting effect. That, sure. That you're going to look at for more than a moment. And I think that fundamentally is the, the issue, especially now in this day and age where uh, Facebook, the, the the numbers are staggering in terms of how many images are uploaded to Facebook every single minute. Yeah. And um, so in order to get an image that really attracts any attention for more than three seconds is a pretty major accomplishment. Right. Right. So those snapshots that you take that, that are important to you, they're important to... Uh, to your family, they're important. They're moment, they're documenting a moment. Right. Those, those are useful, but those are really not photography. That's really more of a snapshot. Sure. And but if you're trying to capture a portrait of someone or a landscape of a particular place that you might want to print someday or right. to do, you know, and and I have to say that the technology associated with printing has come so far that it is a shame that people don't print their images so much bec anymore because they're just you can print incredible stuff without much effort right even if you take it with a, like an iphone because yeah. my understanding was you need a certain quality of of lands and file you know like 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 the like the, the electronic file has to have enough information in it to make it surprisingly it you can do a lot with an iphone oh, really? or a okay. google phone um the um there are some trade-offs, but you can still do really well. They're getting, yeah, they're getting better and better. Well, right. the in the end, all you need is a you need a certain minimum number of megapixels in order to get a reasonable image. Sure. But in the early part of digital photography, people were doing weddings with five and eight megapixel cameras, and right. those images were turning out fine and looking good. And now you've got your uh, your cell phone will have uh, you know twelve to twenty megapixel cameras. There's some crazy cameras that have like a hundred megapixels on a cell phone, and um, that's probably revealing too much. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, you can see everybody's pores. Yeah, exactly. But, but the, the the reality is that um, there are some significant limitations to cell phones. So there's certain kinds of shots that work really right. well, and ones that don't. And you need a certain amount of light, or it's uh, like because the sensor is so small in the cell phone, you need you need you need a lot of light in order to actually be able to get anything to turn out. So. Okay, sure. Uh, so let me ask you this, because I know you got into it kind of professionally, like through the engineering, you yeah. know, the forensic photography. Uh, were you doing it when film was still kind of the thing? Because I know there was a whole art to printing film, and you know, a lot of the stuff that you can do with software now people were doing but i think it would you say it required more skill when it was manipulating film and chemistry or is it still require a lot of skill to do that that like the really good editing it's really it's i think i think the best way to describe it is it's remarkably similar but digital is so much easier so the processes and in fact a lot of a lot of the tools that you have within 
within um, um, within Photoshop and uh, Lightroom and uh, Capture One, these these uh, programs that people use, they use terms that are are based upon what was done with photography. So there's this concept of a dodge and a burn. Okay. So dodging and burning is things you can do right now. You, you, you use you use photo, Photoshop or, or right. Lightroom. Um, but that's the same thing Ansel Adams would have done a hundred years ago. Right? Okay, like yeah. it, uh, it, uh, it just uh, it was remarkable. Um, and in terms of me, I thought I was a pretty good photographer <laughs> when I was shooting film. Um, I think as I got better and better, I realized how crappy a photographer I was at the time. Right. I had the occasional good shot, but uh, it was more by accident than on purpose. Sure, like like. Uh, what happens to people in golf where you're just like, Hey, look at that. That was beautiful. Yeah. I can't replicate it to save your life. So <laughs> exactly. So I've seen your work. Um, some really, really cool stuff. I know you've got a couple themes that you pursue. Yeah. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about that and then, and then plug, uh, plug your studio for us. <laughs> sure. Uh, or your studios. Cause I guess uh, you're doing a couple of things, right? Yeah, well, I have, uh, so I've got a couple of themes that I, I, I worked on. Um, I did one which was called uh, Fallen. Uh, I did that, that was for my first show. And, and actually what ended up happening was I had seen this leaf that had fallen. And I, oh, it okay. was incredibly colorful. So I took a picture of it um, on sort of on the wood of my back deck, which is very kind of grainy. Right. And I thought this was kind of made for an interesting concept So because I was enraptured with this particular lens because it made the image so super sharp. Okay. And it just looked so amazing. Right. Um, so then I decided to try this with a whole bunch of different leaves on different types of wood and and I actually printed it and then I mounted it on wood. So so they were mounted oh, on the wood. Picture, I see. The, the right. prints were mounted on wood. Cool. Uh, so there was a picture of a fallen leaf that had fallen onto some wood, well was was placed on wood. Right. That was mounted, mounted on wood. Mounted on wood. Very meta. So, very meta, um, <laughs> very heavy to lug around, but uh, um, so that was my first gallery show. I, you know, now, did, did, did the, the leaf have to sign a release or were you? Uh, well, property release, yeah. yes, of course. <laughs> Excellent. But you also, I know you've done a lot of cityscapes. Yeah, so I've done, uh, a, I did another section, a, a series called A Tourist at Home, which is a, right. a black and white series that is um, intended to be a bit uh, um, timeless. That's what you get with black and white. Sure, and very it, artistic. Those and ones, it's so. uh, mounted. Uh, it's they're printed on uh, metallic paper and then mounted on metal. Yeah. Um, they look. I think they look really good. They're, yeah, they're very, they're looking at one right now, actually, or or some variant of yeah, it. Yeah, well, there's so a really whole good. bunch of them. And the idea yeah. was to take photographs. People often say, I, you know, I live some, I live in wherever right and there's nothing there to take photographs of um but if you were a tourist you would find lots of things to take photographs of yeah so the idea enough. of being a tourist at home was kind of that concept right and um i did another one that was called frozen which was uh, of uh, of things that were frozen and uh <laughs> and uh actually those look really cool i see a uh, a theme here <laughs> <laughs> things that have fallen, things that are frozen. frozen. <laughs> yeah, maybe the next thing will be something flying. Yeah, uh, there you but, go. But uh, th yeah, so and uh, and I've got a studio. So the front part is a gallery, 
and the back part is the studio. Um, but the uh, you know the gallery hasn't had a ton of use for uh, due to the pandemic. Right. Although that now that we're coming out, I think we'll do stuff in the fall, hopefully. Let's hope. And um, and uh, starting up with more classes. Uh, I did classes during the pandemic, but they were mostly uh, mostly webinar. We did right delivering classes. Yeah, I couldn't really yeah. do. Um, in-person stuff, but that's where people got the most benefit was in person. Cool. So who's your target uh, uh, class taker? Is it a, a somebody who is a beginner, somebody who's a little bit more experienced and looking to master techniques? or? Um, it's pretty broad, uh, but in general, it's the person who either got as a gift or thought it would be a good idea to buy a fancy DSLR on okay. their trip to to go on vacation and realize when they came home that they didn't know how to use any of it. Right. So uh, it's for people. So it becomes want... an expensive point and shoot. Yeah. Well, in what fact, are all these buttons, dear? I don't exactly. know. And uh, so it, it, uh, it it's for people who want to, to make use of a lot of those cameras. And sometimes they come with, Cameras that they've had for a long time, they still work, right? Yeah. They're, it's just the newer cameras can do lots of stuff that yeah. some of the older ones would struggle a bit more with. So Yeah, we found uh, my, my dad used to work in insurance, so he was always doing photography work and, and you know, kind of similar to your forensic stuff and uh, would bring all kinds of cameras home. So I found one it's a couple of years ago. We found one and... Paulette was like, that's my wife. She's like, just get rid of this thing, right? It's just cluttering up. I sold it on Kijiji for 300 bucks because it turned out it was a, like it was a German camera from the 70s and totally analog, no electronics in it at all. And, and this guy was like, I'll give you 300 bucks for it. So I was well, like, that's pretty good. Woohoo. Well, I, I have a huge collection of cameras, antique cameras. I should have sold it to you. Brown. I, don't, I wouldn't pay 300 bucks. <laughs> But anyway, um, so that's uh, that, that's what I wanted to talk about sure. with photography. Now, what's your just where can people see your stuff online? You've got oh, so my like a gallery online, right? I do. I have a couple see, of. I got to plug uh, your stuff, man. There's a uh, uh, Mark Hughes H U G A G S Photography dot C A is the main website. I've got a few projects that I'm working on there. I'm right now working on the the, the uh, this this book project, which is the rescue the yep. Forever Families project, um, and but I also have um, there's some fine art in there, and um, I have two other websites. One is uh, one is just the my pet photography business, and the other is uh, so that's called uh, Forever Photos. F U R Ever Photos. Yep. C A. Right. And um, uh, Focus on Photography Canada. Uh, Focus on Photography is the the school oh cool so those are the three main websites there you I go have. so there so you hopefully go. people will check that out and we'll uh, we'll see if we uh can drum up some uh interest for you yeah well, thousands yeah. of our listeners <laughs> soon to be will be <laughs> migrating to your website exactly I'm, sure. I'm just excited to 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 be able to talk to you yeah and to, to, to explore some interesting stuff that i hadn't known about so Exactly. So, uh, what kind of media have you been consuming this last week? <sighs> you know what? Um, I have to think about it because it's just all over the place. So, I'm rereading a great book called uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, who is a uh, he's a Toltec warrior. At least that's what he calls himself. And so, it's uh, it's it's all about what's Toltec? Uh, that's sort of that ancient South American 
civilization. Okay, okay. So the whole idea, the theme of the book, and it, it's a little bit esoteric, is this idea of you know our thoughts and how whether you go to Buddhism or whatever, but how our mind is is kind of this inactive, not inactive, overactive beast, right? And this idea of uh, what you tell yourself and 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 the relationships a lot steeped in your in what you believe right like what's going on so if you try to meditate and when you're first meditating it's just this endless stream of stupid ideas and thoughts and you're like you know what's going on and so to learn how to control that so four agreements basically uh be impeccable with your word and by that he means what you think about things right so you see somebody behaving in a certain way rather than allow yourself to slide on that thought of like, what is wrong with this idiot? Just maybe something a little bit more soft and kind of like, well, I wonder what this person's story is, right? Uh, uh, don't take anything personally. So idea that we, again, we don't know what each other's thinking. You never know what somebody's really dealing with. So somebody, even if someone in your family says something to you that you're like, yikes, you know, pull back for a second and say, well, I don't really know what's going on. So, you know, don't assume. And then third, the third one, don't assume. Don't make assumptions, which again, I think we all do, right? Right. You call somebody, you leave a voicemail, you, you don't hear back from them and you're sitting there going like, oh, I must've made them mad or, you know, and in reality, like they're just busy, right? So don't make assumptions. And then the fourth one is uh, always do your best. So really, but it gets into some pretty deep stuff about uh, energy and our civilization and good, good, really enjoying it. So uh, it's the third time I've read it now. It's not very long, like 90 pages and yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I, you know, um, my son has got some, some, some mental health issues, and uh, right. and his his uh, school is is an interesting school because it's called E Two Academy. It's uh, it's for kids that have a yin and a yang. Right? Sure. So they're usually yep. pretty bright, but there is something else that makes it difficult. Right. For them we talked to about in. that. Yeah. So twice uh, exceptional. Right. Right. Very smart, and yet some, some something else. impediment or, or something that challenges them. Right. Um, so part of the thing with the assume comment that you made is uh, there's this guy. His name is Ross Green, and he talks about the collaborative. I think it's called CPS, which is this collaborative process where you try to understand what's actually going through. The, the kid's mind right right and he talks about there's like plan a plan b and plan c and the the catch is that plan a is when a parent says do this because i said so okay and a lot of times parents do that well first of all a lot of kids will actually do it the second thing is it, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times yeah, the parents assume what's going through the kid's head sure and most of the time it's wrong yeah and uh so so part of the collaborative thing and why i said about the assume part is that we always assume you understand what the, your kids are thinking and most of the time they're thinking something quite different they have Absolutely. a very different perspective and it's not where you think it is yeah so, anyway that that was uh that's a total <laughs> sidetrack there, but. no but that that's that's really a good point you know uh we do that we always assume our kids are thinking our spouses, good Lord, you know, how many, how many, <laughs> how many issues arise of that where you're like, but well, I thought you wanted me to do this. Well, why don't you just ask me? Oh yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you, uh, 
consumed media wise this well, week. I, I started watching a little bit more TV because I'm watching uh, I'm watching the hockey games. Right. Yeah. Canadian. Holy smokes! How exciting! It is very exciting. I I I, I worry that uh, that uh, the Tampa Bay team. So right now this is Stanley Cup Finals. The yep. first game happened last night. By the time this uh, airs, there will be more. Who knows where they'll be? Uh, right. Tampa Bay, though, seems very stacked. They have, uh, they're well over their cap, and there's some, sh- some, uh, some um, less than above board approaches to <laughs> how they've accomplished that. So, yeah. But I, I, I admire the Canadian, the the Montreal Canadiens, because they're a very blue collar, hardworking kind of team. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm you know, growing up in Montreal, I am still at heart you know, Habs fan and, and I'm trying very hard to not get too excited, you know, and, and just sort of like let it play out, detach from outcome, mm-hmm. but it would be pretty cool would given be, the year we've had, if Canada could bring the cup back. Because it's been know, a really long 1993. Time. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I, we were, my wife and I, we were married in 96. And so you put the, those things in that context and you're like, holy smokes, it's been a long time. Been a long time. <laughs> and I think the only other media I've been consuming, unfortunately, and I'm a little ashamed to say it, is, is TikTok. And uh, uh, TikTok is like this black hole. You start yes. watching and you just keep going through and there's all this weird stuff. But TikTok I find fascinating because the TikTokers are so aware of the medium that they're on and they don't often right. talk about the algorithm and and they're worried about if they're showing up or being shadow banned or or when uh, when they get booted off for like they'll actually discuss yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh I got this this uh, this this uh, TikTok got uh, banned and I think it was wrong and I appealed it and I got it back and then I couldn't live stream and blah 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 but it's fascinating the because you don't see that with other types of social media. Twitter is not like that. YouTube's not like that. Um, Although there is, like that. there is a rising on a lot of YouTubers are aware of, you know, getting demonetized and, you know, cause they're running, they're always changing the rules. So but there the, is a bit of that awareness. But but a little bit with the demonetization yeah. for sure. But TikTok, it's like, it's most of them are. And then you get one people that show up out of nowhere, like uh, Bella Porch, uh, who, uh, if you've, if you've never heard of her, she's, one of the mo- most famous TikTokers out there. There you go. And uh, she started. She was like a, uh, a Navy vet who uh, who did these this crazy thing where she did like a lip sync to uh, so, to this uh, Scottish rapper, <laughs> and uh, and but her face, I love it already. Her face was quite interesting when she did it, and she was quite right. good at it. And it just blew up. It exploded. Yeah. It went viral. And now she's she's released uh, like a, certainly a single. I think there's more than one. <laughs> so she's 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 now like she's right. She's uh, insta famous. I guess. Well, you know, I, I I'll tell you what I like about that is the the meritocracy element to it, right? Because it used to be, you know, it was a studio system, and and you didn't get famous unless you went through all of these gates if you will and now it's all we have this democratization somebody puts up something creative and, and the people like and then boom it's like that comedian who was doing the the voice the uh, lip syncs to uh, donald trump with sarah right. cooper right she started on tiktok and then migrated to youtube and it just goes 
wild and she didn't she do saturday night live and then she had her own netflix special and oh i i, uh, I didn't heard that more recent stuff yeah uh, there's another uh, another woman that's done the same she does the same thing but instead of donald trump she did it with uh mary of cuomo yes oh there's a guy no, named uh, uh, uh there's chris cuomo and it is it no it's not mary of cuomo mario cuomo is the uh the dad no um andrew cuomo andrew cuomo is andrew the cuomo is the governor yes. so he was doing andrew cuomo mario cuomo yeah. i think is my debt well but there's a great <laughs> there's a great comedian on on youtube named uh, jl chauvin who does uh, he does cuomo he does trump again guys have been around for decades you know working the circuit and all of a sudden they got two million you know subscribers and so i i think it's really cool that, well there's a uh, photographer i know that she's out of edmonton her name is renee robert okay she does um she does composites she was just, uh, I just saw her post on Facebook. She's got a TikTok. I didn't even know she had a TikTok account. She says, it's gone. It's just blown up. It's gone viral. So I got to figure, I got to go find out what. That's awesome. Exactly. But hey, a little plug for me. Uh, uh, Tom Peters retweeted one of my tweets. Oh, really? Boom. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> that you're and you're six, famous. That and 650 will buy me a cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks. So very excited. But it was it was cool. 650. Right? I get mine for 550. There you go. <laughs> You're paying a premium. All right. Well, I think that kind of puts us at 33 minutes. So we're right on schedule, right on schedule. So next week we will be at the recommendation of your wife. I am going to share some paranormal stories, some, some real life. There's so much paranormal stuff out there. Again, talking about TikTok and YouTube and, and, and I've always been interested in it and I'll share a couple of, real life experiences from many, many years ago that, that I was ahead of the curve interested in this way before it became. Is this so, going to be scary or are the hairs on the back of my neck going to be going? One of them's or? a little spooky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the other one's kind of interesting, but one's a little spooky. So yeah. So that's going to be our, uh, on deck for our main topic. A paranormal with Jeff. Paranormal with Jeff. Who knows? Maybe it takes off. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, Mark. That's it. That's Sounds great, good. Great chatting with you again. You betcha. High five. High five. <laughs> Jim and Pam style. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Or, or as like Kenji says, uh, by gals, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. There you go. There I love you it. Go. All oh, right. It took me a second there. <laughs> See you next week, Mark. Yeah, bye. Take bye. care. Bye.